Hi, welcome to episode 22 of the Owl and Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage you, our listeners, to apply critical thinking to news and current events as we seek to live for Christ. Good evening, Helen. On this um, extra edition, we've managed to shoehorn into our our hectic Christmas schedule. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm fine, thank you. Yeah. Excellent. You're looking very Christmassy with like the tree and everything. It's like, yeah, I'm very impressed. Yeah, good backdrop here. It's really good for an audio, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, because everybody can clearly see what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> right. So we we weren't initially planning on this, were we? Um, but we thought we would. No. We we have got one episode we want to fit in before the end of the year, um, which is what we were planning on doing, but. Basically, we thought we would um, just spend a, a short amount of time discussing Andrew Bridgen's speech. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about who he is for those who, who haven't heard of him or, or don't know anything about him at all? Uh, yes, I don't know huge amounts about him, but he's a Conservative MP, a backbench MP. He describes himself as on the right of the Conservative Party. He's a member of the ERG group and he's MP for North West Leicestershire, which I think I heard him say he's been since 2010. I might have that wrong. Uh, okay. Um, he's an M- been an MP for a while. Right. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. So, and he he's come to our attention recently, hasn't he? Because he's he's stuck his, his neck out. Um, what's, what's he said, Helen? Yeah, he's um, started fairly recently to talk about uh, the vaccines, the COVID vaccines. And he, um, I think he was involved when Dr. Asim Malhotra uh, presented to a parliamentary group, which right, we yep. mentioned in a previous podcast. Um, and then he, I, I don't quite understand how it works, how you kind of... Uh, you know, get onto the table for giving a speech in the House of Commons. But anyway, that's what he did. And he managed to give this speech. I think it was about a week ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was just, yeah, it was just over a week ago. Um, and it was about, yeah, this whole vaccine harm thing, wasn't it? With the, the, the evidence coming uh, that, well, that's come to light over these, over the last few months, which is now overwhelming. It's, it, it, it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, um, so I think, it, uh, you know, what should be a, a fairly historic speech, I think, but, um, well, there's a number of things we're going to talk about about it. Um, yeah, including why it's not it's not actually that easy to find it if you want to go and look at it. Yeah, that, that will be interesting when we, when we, when we get onto that in a, in, a, in a bit, won't it? Because that is, that's, again, quite a sort of revealing aspect of this, I suppose. Um, but... When you when you can find his um, his speech, it's certainly interesting watching it as to how empty the House of Commons is, isn't it? It, it the, there weren't very many people there. And I know sometimes you can have um, have sessions in Parliament where there are few people there, but they tend to be for quite obscure things. But something that he's talking about, which has impacted everybody's life you would you would have thought there'd be more people there wouldn't you yeah yes you would 
um, I don't know exactly how many there were, depending what angle the camera was on. Sometimes it looked like there were no people there at all. I think maybe <laughs> That's true, yeah. less less than ten. I think. Well, I yeah, I, it, it was tricky to say. I mean, I counted six, um, not including the the speaker and 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 the uh, the people taking the um, the notes. But yeah, six around around that figure is it's pretty bad really isn't it um but it's still it was still a significant moment i think isn't it but that an mp should should do this um it, it, it very much feels like his his eyes have been open to what's really been going on doesn't it is that your impression yes yes definitely um and one of the things he says is that he's had two doses of the astrazeneca vaccine himself so he can't be accused of being an anti-vaxxer, um, but he he has over recent months or the last year or so, he's been concerned at the mounting evidence of harms being caused by the vaccine. And then more recently from the analysis of Pfizer's own data from their original trials, um, which showed that one in 800 people um, suffered adverse reactions, I think, serious enough to be hospitalised. Right, right. That's yeah. It, it's pretty, pretty bad, isn't it? When you when you look at the actual the evidence that is being coming out from from many many different uh, corners of this, not not least the um, pharma companies themselves. I think it's probably worth making clear as well that that essentially what Andrew. Um, Bridgen was calling for was was for the government to, to halt the vaccine um, ad- administration of them until um, this has been been sorted out. Which which on the face of it, it is is very reasonable, isn't it? It's, yes, it's very reasonable um, when there's so much worrying data and information emerging. It would make complete sense to halt the vaccine for everyone or at least for for those in the groups which are at so little risk from covid including children yeah. um yeah and and announce an urgent investigation but yeah. no such thing appears to be happening and i think he said what what <laughs> motivated him to he he knew he had to do something is that the mrha recently uh, approved the the vaccine for um, children as young as six months old, so babies, effectively. Yeah, to to roll roll that out to to babies is um, is obscene, really. Um, uh, to, to put it to put it straightforwardly, I think it's um, it's important to note that he he knows that his standing up for this could well have a negative impact on his uh, political career um, and I think that that tells us something about this issue uh, it certainly tells us something about him uh, he seems to be somebody who is willing to stick their head up above the parapet um, but it, it is revealing isn't it Helen because if we consider people who have spoken out so if we go back to two and a half well coming on coming on for three years now people like mike yeadon dr mike yeadon who who used to work for pfizer um or dr sam white or dr asima holtra um it, it, there, there is nothing in it for them to stick their head above the parapet and say 
hold on a sec. What's going on here? This doesn't this doesn't stack up. This looks suspicious. This is causing harm. We need to just stop and work out what's going on before we delve, you know, headlong further in any further into this. And and each of those each of those people have been maligned, haven't they? Yeah. Yes, totally. So, I think um yeah, and you know, they've had either lost their careers or um you know they've had really serious repercussions for for standing up for, for, for sta- what they believe to be right yeah for standing up for what they believe to be right and what's actually shown to be right if, if yeah. you want the benefit of hindsight they are in the right those who oppose them ha- are in the wrong and the wanting to to actually care for the people who come to them, especially for the actual medical doctors amongst them, because that's their job. Um, but yeah, so I, I think our point is when somebody when somebody stands up like this, it's worth asking the question: What's in it for them? Because yeah. if there is a cost involved, then we should pay attention to what they're say, they're saying, because that lends weight to what they're saying, and it hints at that they could well be onto the truth and and we certainly believe that um that that they are and particularly for andrew bridgen he is in this and i think people need to be yeah. encouraged to stand for the truth don't we and we need to yes. encourage one yeah. another to do this yeah def- definitely and he he said i heard him interviewed and he he pretty much said that he expects his political career to to be destroyed over this and he's already been suspended yeah and that was over that was, some allegation <laughs> around lobbying yes yeah which when you when you compare it to other things that are going on in parliament and other allegations that that have no action taken against them you start to um uh, smell a rat i think yeah. um but but it's we live in an age now where it's it's easy to confuse standing for the current thing to be standing for truth, and uh, more often than not, it, it turns out to be to be the opposite. Or, but it's certainly not what it seems. Um, and I think as as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need to be wise to this. We need to not be led down the garden path and just, you know, flying the flag, clapping the clap, whatever it might be just because that's what everybody else is doing and we believe that that's the right thing because everybody else is doing it that's that's rarely a good reason to do something yeah. i'm afraid um yeah so it's 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 worth just reminding ourselves that we've got to pay attention yeah and i think it's um it's quite often that you have to delve a bit to find truth quite often uh what seems immediately apparent is not always the truth you know we have to investigate and we have to look carefully and just because everybody says something it doesn't necessarily mean that that's right yeah yeah Uh, and and i think this is where having the bible god's word to guide us is is ever so ever so helpful um and the bible is full of full of characters who stand for truth and who are ostracized because they stand for truth and don't go with don't go with the main narrative Let's come back to Andrew Bridgen because 
what's interesting is if you Google him, uh, obviously you can use and probably should use alternatives to Google, although I'm not sure actually we can really recommend any. I mean, DuckDuckGo used to be a, a good one, but I'm not sure it's that good really. But, but anyway, whatever whatever search engine you use, but let's let's take Google. Um, and you Google Andrew Bridgen um, vaccine harm speech, you would expect his speech to come up first, wouldn't you? That's reasonable because you it's would. a fairly specific yep. thing. It's current. It's uh, reasonably well known. And what, what comes up, um, well, certainly what comes up earlier in the week when we checked this was um, one of the uh, so-called fact checkers. This particular one um, rhymes with uh, full fat, but I don't want to promote them because um, I don't... Uh, believe we should but anyway you can probably work out which so-called fact checker it is and and this fact checker by the way is is funded by facebook and google who are their two biggest funders um and uh so of course it's interesting that 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 their so-called fact check of andrew bridgen's speech appears first in google um surprise surprise his speech by the way is nowhere on even on the first page you can't find it um, you can find other stuff about Andrew Bridgen. So, for example, some of the stuff he's been in trouble with, with uh, I believe it's something to do with a trip to Ghana, wasn't it? It's, it's fairly obscure. Yeah, something to do with, um, I heard him saying that he'd gone, he'd had a trip to Ghana, something to do with a business in his constituency. Um, yeah, and it was some technicality that he, because he said it was all fully disclosed, but I don't know, one bit of it or something or other that he didn't do the right form or something so so what what Helen and I are saying is his speech um just done a week and a half ago is not easy to find and considering number one it's it's part of our so-called democracy in the houses of parliament should be relatively straightforward to get hold of it if you do a search on a bbc website for andrew bridgen you don't find his speech on there either not saying it's not on there, but it certainly doesn't come up in the search results I, I looked at. Um, the other things come up about him, of course, are things to do with Ghana and things like that. So I think it's it's a strange thing considering the seriousness of what he's talking about, isn't it, Helen? It's because you'd think this, this would be yeah. slightly more prominent given the fact that what he's mentioning affects all of us. Yes. Yeah. And the, the the things that he was talking about in his speech and effectively the accusations he were ma- making was making were very, very serious. Mm. So I cannot understand why all mainstream media were not reporting on it. It should have been top of the news and it wasn't any anywhere, not in any of the mainstream media. Very revealing. Very revealing. Facebook. And also oh, sorry, go on. he well, also uh ironically his the video of his speech has actually been viewed i think it's millions of times no thanks to any of the search en- engines it's only because people like dr john campbell yes have posted the speech on their platforms and that's how the views you know that's how it's been seen so it's clearly in the public interest clearly a lot of people are interested and still he's shadow banned Yes, yeah. Let, well, let's talk about the shadow banning in a minute, actually, because that that is that is. In fact, let's 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 just cover that now. Basically, shadow shadow banning is is where um, it's not an outright ban. It's just your search search results for 
you are suppressed and put down. So if, effectively, it's you, you, you cannot get prominence for what you've said, written, done on mainstream media or social media. Um, and it's uh, it, it's it's been used on Twitter a lot as well until, well, I don't know if it's still used with the um, sort of refreshed Twitter under Elon Musk, but it, but it has certainly before he took over when Jack Dorsey was in, in charge of Twitter. That was very much a thing. So people would be um, able to tweet things, but what they tweeted would be suppressed to their followers who wouldn't see what they tweeted. It's a pretty... Ooh pretty insidious thing really but but this is what this is how big tech manipulate information uh, facebook which is another funder of um the uh, full fat um fact checkers um they <laughs> they censored uh his speech which again is ironic this is in the houses of parliament so it's part of the uh, democratic system in the united kingdom so why would why would they censor that very bizarre isn't it helen it is. Um, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. So so this this um this this so called fact checker, um the the rule the rule bunch of um, uh, crooks I think. But anyway, they they basically do a res- a so called response to uh, Andrew uh, Bridgen's speech. Um, so th- they fail in their attempted rebuttal of of what he says. Um, which is quite amusing if you if you go and read it, but um, they they try to make a point because one of the points Andrew uh, Bridgen makes is is that uh, normally it's around ten percent of adverse effects are reported, um, and so that that points to a much larger actual number of adverse effects being suffered by people which aren't reported. And they try and reduce that in this this fact checking rebuttal, and uh, they say, uh, in response to declining rates of yellow card reporting in 2018, the MIHA said it is estimated that only 10% of serious reactions and between two and four percent of non-serious reactions are reported. So that's 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 the actual figure. But then they go on to say, um, the MRH the MHRA MRNA MHRA. Uh, now, um, now also say uh, the, these these estimates should not be used as indicators of reporting rate for COVID nineteen vaccines for which there is high public awareness of the yellow card scheme and a reporting of s- suspected reactions. Well, I think that's that's at best that's a disingenuous thing to say on behalf of the the, the fact checker. Is the notion that the public are far more aware of the yellow card scheme is is totally bogus. Um, because it's only those who actually look into this whole thing for themselves are going to actually be aware of the yellow card scheme in the first place. Um, it's, it's only really free-thinking individuals who have actually raised the profile of the yellow card scheme. But to correlate that to the wider population is just absurd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I think um, everyone that I've spoken to about it, nobody has known about the yellow card scheme. No one has known what it what it is. Certainly before I'd started looking into all of this, I didn't know what it was. I've had in the past an adverse reaction to a drug, um, which I uh, was in contact with the doctor about. I was never told that it should be reported. They never said they would report it. I, I've never heard of it before. No, I, 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 I not neither have I. I. I'd never heard of heard of this until I heard 
people who were questioning the vaccine say, oh, by the way, there's this thing called the yellow card reporting scheme and this is where it's reported to. I would never have known about it. If you look on the NHS website, when you can book your COVID jab, it's not, it's certainly, it's not mentioned on the first opening pages where they have a lot of information about the COVID jab, actually. But um, I'm sure they do mention it deeper down, but it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's hard, it's hard to find. So to suggest that the 10% figure can, is no longer valid because everybody knows about it is ridiculous because everybody doesn't know about it. Yeah, but even the thing is, even if, even if it was the case that 100% of the people who've been vaccine damaged have been reporting, which is, which is ridiculous and it's not the case, but even if it was the case that 100% have been reporting, the numbers are still outrageous. Oh, they are. They're, they're I huge. think there's approaching yeah. half a million reports. Right. So that's what Andrew Bridgen quoted, quoted in his speech. Um that's half a million individual people who've been harmed. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is, I think, I'm just looking at what he quoted. I think that's more that he said that's more than has ever been reported for any, any drug on uh, the yeah. yellow card scheme oh. over the forty years that it's been. That's run. right. It's, it's, it's com- if you combine all the other vaccines in the last forty years, the, the COVID jab trumps trumps them all in one in one foul sweep. Yeah, it, it's astonishing. Yeah. It's astonishing, and other other um, other vaccines have been halted for hardly any adverse reactions. They've been the rollout's been stopped, and rightly yes. so, until they they ascertain what the issue is and are able to, to sort it out and ensure that it's it is safe and effective. Um, yeah. So he quotes this. Um, he quotes the. The, the recent analysis on the Pfizer's own trials where one in 800 showed a serious adverse event. Um, and he said, in 1976, we stopped the swine flu vaccine for one in 100,000 right. people having an adverse reaction. And in 1989, we stopped a vaccine for rotavirus for one in 10,000 adverse reaction. And yet now with potentially one in 800 <laughs> serious adverse reaction, not interested. It's uh, And it's even, even worse, it? even worse than that, um, he quotes a, a report done by the Journal of American Medical Associations on children under five and that in those reports one in 200 had adverse reactions resulting in hospitalization right cool and also in america they're not pulling they're not stopping the rollout and they're still encouraging children to be vaccinated with this drug i think if if people are struggling to see that something quite dark is happening here then it's difficult to know what will what will help people to see the light really um certainly certainly this is one of the other the claims that that they try and on the 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 um fact checking website they try and rebut this about um there's been more adverse events for covid jab than all other the vaccines combined 
but they 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 try and they, they try and rebut it by saying this. They said, however, these reported events were not necessarily caused by vaccination. Well, they they they're just they're just clutching at straws with that one. It's a bit that's a bit like um, saying. I had a, a partially cooked sausage for dinner last night and now have a case um, of diarrhoea. But, of course, this is not necessarily due to the partially cooked sausage. I mean, that, that's the kind of logic. It's, it's just, it's nonsense. Um, but you, this, is, this is what happens and organisations who claim to be fact-checkers when they can see that actually they're in the wrong and they're still trying to push a particular narrative, we'll start using words like may, could be, possibly, not necessarily. In other words, they won't be hard facts they will be able to use. And this is precisely what's happening here. Um, and I think we just encourage you just to, tr- just to see through it, to look at the words used. May, could, possibly, might be, uh, tend to be words of coercion. Uh, anything else on that one, Helen? Um, no, I mean, well, the the other thing just to say is that that's the whole point of the yellow card system is to look for the signals um, of when they should be worried about reactions. So, so of course, you ca- you can't necessarily always prove that something, it may just be coincidence, you just had the vaccine and then something happens to you. Yeah. But if you're gathering that data and, and then you start to see lots of people are reporting very similar things happening after they have been vaccinated, and when those numbers start to, to be the kinds of numbers that we're looking at now, then, then they are massive safety signals, and that's the whole point of the system, is it's meant to flag up, there's a problem here, we need to look into it, so we need to stop, see what's going on. And this is why, gradually, more and more medics, including very senior ones, are, are, are getting brave enough to, to come out and say, this is really serious and yep. something must be done. Yes, and, and we have we have to pay attention to that. Um, you know, we we mentioned before on the podcast about Doctor Asim Mahatra, and it, the about turn that he did was was something to behold. And when something like that happens, it we have to pay attention, and, and more and more people will be doing this. As sadly as as the as the weeks and months go on with unless this is stopped unless this is halted but um as i think we'll get to shortly i think that's um it's doubtful um it's doubtful that that will that will be be the case and uh, did you mention before that andrew, andrew bridgen said himself that he's been vaccine damaged hasn't he in another interview he, he did yeah with, uh, on, in on an interview Pod, yeah he said that he'd um yes that he himself has had effectively an autoimmune uh, response reaction and going from someone who he said is just never ill, never you know, had days off work from being ill and he's now has to take medication constantly um, to be able to live with these, um, uh, what do you call them, like allergic reactions where you get high. Yeah, it's it's something histamine, and, wasn't it? Histamine related, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah. So yeah, and the, these are these are life affecting or even life changing in some some cases situations, and 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 it's this again just points to the fact that 
there's no need to rush into this. And yet, um, sadly, our, our government and health authorities seem bent on continuing to do so. Um, so one of the other things that the, the, the fact checkers stated was, was um, in response to Andrew Bridgen's facts about the rapid um, development of, of these new jabs. And, uh, and they try and say that mRNA technology has been researched for a number of years. Well, that's, that's true. And the vaccines have been tested to high standards for safety and effectiveness in the same way as other vaccines. And that's not true. Um, the mRNA vaccines have not been tested to the same standards because vaccines can easily take 15 years to roll out from the original idea, reviewing what's gone before through phases one, two and three to ascertain their efficacy, as well as giving any opportunities to identify rare side effects. So that thing called time has to pass. And then only, only after that comes the full licensing and then a phase four trial, which is the post-marketing section to further monitor it so we we have we have no long-term safety data whatsoever on these novel technologies they've never been rolled out in a in a vaccine before to be used on general public and as we've said more often than not you you can't you can't speed up time on this at all um do you know anything to add on that one helen well effectively what we are now in and what those who have taken the vaccine are a part of is is the trial. It's a drug trial. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and if this was a trial, again, it would be stopped. Well, it would be, be stopped of because of the number it's... of adverse reactions. Yeah, they, they think, well, this is, this is neither safe nor effective. So we need to stop this and work out what's going on or, or try a different, different solution or perhaps let people's immunity take over. But it, one thing, while we're on the subject of mRNA technology, um, the UK government, this is just hot off the press, I think, have just entered into a 10-year partnership with Moderna to, to invest more in mRNA vaccines. They want to have the capacity to, to deliver 250 million vaccines a year. And they want to give patients access to a, a safe, reliable supply of COVID jabs. And this is with the UK government with Moderna. How how long are they going to be jabbing people with a COVID drug then, I wonder? Um, yeah, interesting. It is. It's, it's a bit worrying, really. Uh, they, they, they seem that they want to pump this new technology, this new drug, which has no long-term safety data, has not been effective, has been proven to be um, fatal, sadly, in, in some cases, of a life-changing... Um, outcomes for people in other cases and they want to still push this ahead um, I think you, you remember when the, the there was a freedom of information request on the, on the contract between the government and pharma companies and part of that contract um, was was about um, uh, liability but also the government refused to disclose the details of their commercial arrangements now <laughs> That was that was uh, that was ooh, a good few months ago. Perhaps that was even last year. Now that when that was going on, and now it makes more sense, doesn't it? When you read something like this, this is a yeah. this is about money. This is about profit, 
this isn't about healthcare, sadly, but I think we all knew that a long time ago. Um, uh, many many people knew this way before way before um, way before COVID. But no, nobody nobody seems to talk about natural immunity. Have you noticed that? It's like they want to get they want to turn everybody into drug users. Yeah, yeah, as if we don't have an immune system. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, let's move on from the fact checkers, but I think it's safe to say that the fact checkers are largely compromised. They're bought organisations. They're in the pockets of their funders and um, they they will be judged on the wrong side of history on this one. I think that's that's a certainty. Um, and I just want to add one more thing, which is which just just illustrates what we're talking about here. People often use the word misinformation. Um, I, I think I just use the word lies, um, and they want to say how gen, how how misinformation can't be allowed to go unchecked, which is why you need these fact checkers. But when you have an actual real case of misinformation or lies, often these go completely unchecked. So, for example, Dr. Sarah Kayat or Kayat who was uh, who was on this morning the TV program back in January 2021 saying that by tw- 12 days after having your AstraZeneca jab you are protected 100% against hospitalization and death it and what is beyond reason reasonable expectations is is the fact that this video is still on the this morning twitter feed has not been taken down because it's misinformation. Because what she said is patent nonsense in the extreme. Uh, uh, and it's a complete lie, it's a complete fabrication, and has caused people harm having that drug. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. There's an example of something which is a lie, is allowed to stay unchecked, and yet those who try and speak for the truth are uh, attempted to be silenced. Um, so, what, what, what should we talk about? Safe and effective. I think we've got the title of the podcast here. <laughs> safe and effective. Safe and effective. Because that, that's that, that yeah. that's the that's the party line that everybody falls back to, isn't it? When they don't know what to say. Yes, it's it's safe and effective. Well, Rishi Sunak said it recently. He said, um, "I believe the vaccines are safe and effective," and that's all he <laughs> felt the need to say. I believe they are. I don't need to give you Therefore any they are. as long as I just keep repeating the mantra. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's what one of the things that Andrew Bridgen says in his speech is that um, after Dr. Asim Malhotra's scientific papers, there's been no scientific <clears throat> rebuttal. No one, no one has been disputing the evidence he's put forward. No. And this is what they keep doing. They, they don't come up with any evidence to the contrary they will just quote models, which we know is the lowest form of scientific evidence, and we'll just keep saying they're safe and effective. Mm. And and or or they'll say, well, look how look how the vaccine rollout has affected the uh, has affected the number of um, COVID cases or hospitalizations. When when you look at any any um, graph on on a on a a pandemic or uh, a virus that goes through a community, it goes in a in a bell curve, and all they've done is they, on the up part, 
they just carry pretended that would just carry on into infinity and they say oh we'll have the yeah. vaccine when actually it just drops down of its own accord but then they ascribe yeah. that to the vaccine rather than the truth that, that it just goes down anyway yeah and then when it goes up again because seasonally respiratory viruses yes. do well they don't explain they don't explain that do they no. if their vaccines worked then it wouldn't be going up again no. but it's just it's just behaving exactly in the way that the people who actually know about how these things work predicted that it would ironically there was a, a study recently done in cleveland which um it was it was it, the aim of the study was to demonstrate the clinical effectiveness of the of the vaccines and the, and the study accidentally found that the risk of COVID-19 infection increases with each prior vaccination. I mean, uh, look, sadly, the only people I know who are still saying I'm getting COVID are the people who've had the boosters and for whatever reason, which is beyond me, still test themselves. So I guess they must have hoarded a load of testing kit or something. I don't know. We got, yeah. um, But it's, it's just a real, it's a real shame, really. It's a real shame. Um, well, one one slight sideline there. When I was watching um, one of Dr. John Campbell's videos, because he has um, very strong links to uh, Africa and goes mm, out there yeah. um, to, um, you know, on medical projects. And he was talking to his friend who's a doctor there, who was saying um, that it's just not a thing, that they've had very low levels of vaccination. Um, I can't remember the country can you remember the country uganda that, that it, was it was in, in uganda uganda and he said um that they're just not seeing it at all no now so um you know their their levels of natural immunity they're obviously they, it's de- dealing with it and he said you know our, our issues are things like malaria these are the issues mm-hmm. that are causing problem here covid is just not it's not even on their radar it's just uh, and uh, and that's yeah. not the vaccine that's done that because they've had very, very low levels Indeed. And, of vaccination. And, and, and still the World Health Organization apparently wants 70% of the world's population vaccinated against COVID. Yeah. When they, and yet, they and yet this doctor, no, and he, this doctor is saying, I need mosquito nets. I need clean yeah. water for these children. Yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need the money spent on. We do not need COVID vaccinations. No. And... and that that's where that's where our, our our focus should be. Um I think one thing I'll just mention as an aside here, but at least we've 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 mentioned it on this podcast, is what um is is coming out of China at the moment in terms of the apparent massive rise in in cases for COVID. Now I, I would I would say uh, with respect that um, I don't trust anything that comes out of China uh, because we know the sheer lies we were told back in March 2020 and February 2020 with people dropping dead on the street and that, that all nonsense that was handed out to the rest of the world to strike fear into people. However, um, the situation is has, has been dire in China it seems and you really feel for the general population there who've been under insane lockdowns for a long long time and now apparently they've they've lifted these lockdowns and and apparently they're seeing a massive spike in cases um now I think it's worth just mentioning this because who knows what will happen but it wouldn't surprise me if this is somehow leveraged to get people to accept further jabs in in the new year 
Uh, we'll see what how this how this uh, rolls out. But certainly, as as Christians, we can't afford to let our guard down in a critical thinking aspect, can we? There's no. always going to be something, no. I'm afraid, which is going to be uh, coming our way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was one other thing. There was this. Did you see that Pfizer advert? Um, how we is basically saying they, they just they were talking about we like to have everything open and o- oh, open yes. is good. Keep saying open. Yeah, and 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 then having the parks open, having the cinemas open, having. Yeah. yeah, it's and, all about keeping everything open. And then at the end, they say rather sinisterly, and we want to keep it that way. Oh, okay, right. So basically, you want us to take your drug so that you can give us permission to go about our daily lives. It's pretty, yeah, it's... Um, well, it's it's a veiled threat, isn't it? Is, it? That yeah. if you don't, if you don't take the vaccine, then we're likely to shut you down again. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, for those, you know, thinking back again, uh, coming on to three years now, thinking back to March 2020, one of the things that, that that many were saying early on was this is about this is all this is all about control. And certainly that has seemed to be the case, but we will see how this pans out. But one thing we should remind ourselves is that Jesus is on the throne and he is coming back. So whatever the world does. We need to be looking to him, which kind of brings us kind of nicely round, I think, to why should we care about all this as Christians? Um, what should we say about that, Helen? Because I think it's important to touch on, isn't it, to finish on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's important because there's no question this is, this issue has affected everyone. It's affected all of our lives. Um, and I, I think the amount of people that have that have taken on board the narrative and what are now clearly in many cases lies is huge mm. Mm. and there's a huge number of people who who still believe everything that they're told by the mainstream media and by the politicians yeah and, and i think where the evidence is mounting to the point where people still refuse to 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 see or to look at that evidence that is that is disturbing i think as christians it's 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 particularly challenging because we are called to be gentle with one another we are called to be respectful to to love one another but we are also called to be discerning and we're called to be wise and we um, are called to to bring everything under the authority of of the Word of God, and um, I think we have to do this with what's 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 happening. Because if, you see, if we don't, we will be led by by what big tech tell us, or big pharma, or big governments in terms of how we're supposed to think, and and we will we will just take groupthink discernment and groupthink wisdom and we will be incapable of navigating the storms ahead sadly so i think as christians we just got to keep encouraging one another to say hold on a sec what's really going on here and just to be aware of it that's the thing isn't it helen to be aware of it yeah yeah 
Yeah, it is. And I think we're warned so many times in scripture to to be wise, to be discerning, to um, seek after truth. Uh, and there's very good reason why that is talked about so much, because God knows that we're facing um, in the world, we're facing many lies. I mean, ultimately, Satan is he is the deceiver. Mm. He's the father of lies. Yep. And that's his tactic. And that's what he wants is to deceive us and to lead us away from God. And that is why we're warned so often in Scripture to um, to seek the truth, to stick close to the truth. And why Jesus said, as I've said many times before, that he is the way, the truth and the life. Yes. And there's no other way. And so we must look to him and we must be looking always for the truth. And truth matters and all truth matters. It does. It does matter. And and you're right. I think it's 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 key to underline the fact that all truth matters. Um that there is there is a a correlation, sadly, with with Christians' inability to think critically for themselves about what's going in the world, on in the world, and to actually have a good, solid biblical understanding as well. What yeah. you can often find, I'm afraid, is Christians who will go along with the narrative that's fed to them from the world will also go along with whatever they hear on from a pulpit on a Sunday morning without saying, okay, that might may or may not be good. Let me look at what God's word says for myself and compare it. Yeah. And it, we have to we have to encourage, we have to build up this this godly inquiring mind to inquire after the truth, to seek hard after truth, to seek hard after what's right. Um, and we're still in we're still in big trouble, I think, uh, generally speaking, within the church in the UK. And this is a means of grace to us to wake us up, I think. And if we can awake, then that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think as well, you know, what what's <laughs> look? I mean, the church over the last two and a half years has largely in the UK just gone along with with the narrative and we cannot afford to keep doing that we've got to we've got to look at what God's word says we've got to hold on to truth we've got to think for ourselves we've got to watch out for deception and we've got to guard um, what God has entrusted to us Um, because these these things matter and, and people losing their livelihoods because they don't want to take an experimental drug should not be shunned to the margins, for example. That's certainly not right. And that's all too easy to happen when a body of people just go along with whatever the narrative is they've been fed. It's less likely to happen if that body of people is is used to saying, oh, hold on a sec, yeah, the government might be saying this, but, but let's just, just, just think about this for a minute. Is this right? How does this sit under God's word? How does this fit with the fact that we are serving the king? We serve him. How does this fit with the fact that we meet together? How does this fit with the fact that we put our trust in him? So 
yeah, I think that would be our encouragement to you. And if you're listening to this and you have a, a church leader who perhaps is, is wavering a little bit, encourage them. They've got a hard job, church leaders. They've got a really hard job. And they, they might need somebody to encourage them. They might need somebody to encourage them to think for themselves a little bit more and to be uh, to be a godly, bold, courageous follower of Jesus. Which is yeah. harder. Yeah. And this is, you know, I don't know Andrew Brigden's um, faith, or I don't know where he stands on any of that, but he's certainly courageous. He and is. We, he we, certainly is. We need, we need to have courageous followers of Jesus in the church as well. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, we do. One of the things that he spoke about early on in his speech is what he calls willful blindness. Right. And he talked he talked about people turning a blind eye to the truth whether it was to protect reputations, to avoid conflict, to reduce anxiety, and I think that's a big part of of the ongoing willful blindness is is the reducing anxiety and you know that's okay, the government's got the answer, the vaccine's the answer, yeah. then we'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. Um and you know, he mentioned a number of things where where that kind of behaviour has led to terrible things going on. For example, the Jimmy Savile case in the yes. BBC, yeah. where, you know, later on, people think, how could that possibly have happened? How could that have gone on for so long? And there were no whistleblowers, or if there mm. were, nobody listened to them. How could that have happened? It happened because of this, what he terms, willful blindness. And, and you know, I think we could think of other names for it, but, but it's dangerous, very dangerous. It is, it is. And, and surely as, as Christians, we should, be, we should be against that, shouldn't we? That willful blindness, because we are children of the light. We're not in the dark. Yeah. We're in, we're in the light. We can see. We know what the truth is. We know who the source of truth is. And we should be looking out for any and every opportunity to shine that light into dark places. But to willfully yeah. just say, oh, that doesn't matter. Or we, we can't, it's, it can't do that. We're not no. saying, we're not uh, saying no. that you have to kind of go with every single kind of thing that's going and have an opinion on every single thing. We're not saying that, but we are saying... Just pay attention to what God puts in front of you. And when something is being foisted on you by the government, you need to pay attention to that. It's no good saying, oh, I'm just going to ignore it. You need to just pay attention to it and just say, okay, hold on. Is this is this a good thing or not? Yeah. And, and now we if we're talking, other. yeah, we do. And and when they're now talking about about young people and children... <coughs> Um, little children being given this drug, mm. we have to be concerned about that. You know, if just one baby dies, that's a tragedy that that shouldn't that doesn't need to happen. Yeah, and and we yeah, and we we, we should we should be concerned about that as, as as Christians. We should be saying, look, this this at least we should be saying, let's stop. Which is essentially all Andrew Brigden is asking for. It's just stop so that we yeah. can take a breath and actually 
work out whether this is this is really needed or not because all the evidence suggests it's not needed and that it's not safe so yeah. to keep going under that it, it's that's that smacks of something far more sinister i'm afraid that that's the only conclusion you can come to at the end of the day because there isn't any yeah. other there's no other options <laughs> there's no other options than this is just sinister and dark otherwise you would stop yeah um because yeah so we do need to do that do you want to anything else you want to add before we finish helen um no i don't think so shall i just read a bit of scripture that's a good um, idea we we're talking yeah finish, we were finish, talking about finish with the important stuff walking yeah exactly walking in the light um and how important that is for us to be doing that so i was just going to read a few verses from 1 John chapter 1, um, beginning at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. That's great. That's a great one to end on. And... Walking in the light, living by the truth. That's what that's what we need to do as followers of Jesus. And that's what we need to encourage one another to do because we can't do it on our own. And sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need people to say, hold on, what about this? Have you thought about that? And uh, others, other times people need us to do that. So this, this is why we do this podcast, isn't it, Helen? To encourage yeah. you to think for yourself, to help those um, around you, and to to walk in the light, to walk in the truth. Yeah, and that's topical, isn't it? That's this is the time of year when we're celebrating the light of the world, Jesus. Yeah, coming to earth. So yeah, I think that's an important message to remember. Brilliant. Okay, well, shall we finish there? It's a slightly yeah. slightly shorter one, but we are we are hopefully going to shoehorn our last. Uh, our last planned podcast for the for the year yeah that's the uh, end. next week that that's the plan anyway um so thank you for listening um if you found this helpful please do share it with anybody else you think would it would benefit uh if you have any feedback or comments or suggestions do get in touch with us we'd we'd love to hear from you uh you can yeah. uh find links to our various bits and pieces on the link tree um, link which is on the Podbean page and um, we've got Helen's uh, Substack, and we have a Telegram channel where we share other bits of information in between podcasts but um, yeah I think that's it we wish you a very happy Christmas and we will see you in the next one yeah we just should say we'll link to the Andrew Bridgen speech oh yes oh, yeah. that would be a good thing to do <laughs> isn't it because it's, it's a pesky yeah. thing to find otherwise yeah, yeah. we will do that so right. do do watch it. It's an important important to watch. Yeah, definitely. Right, nice one. Okay, thanks. Thing. Okay, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Bye. Bye.